Welcome to Peabody's Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Wynn Marshall, and we're very glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. We're glad you found us. Perhaps you simply stumbled on us or heard about us on social media or through a friend. Fantastic. If you've been listening in since season one, well, thank you for returning. We're glad you're here. Whatever led you to this place, you are welcome here. At Peabody's, we are all about pursuing the art of noticing, noticing the beauty, awe, and wonder of this one extraordinary life. That means slowing down a bit, widening our margins a bit, and listening well to the stories of others. We love seeking out, discovering, and listening to the stories of artists and creatives who make art out of life, the life they've been given, the life they're creating. We are all co-creators with The Creator, and we are honored to talk with folks who share a little bit about the work they're finding joy and passion in doing as creatives. We believe we learn by listening to the stories that others have to share about what they have seen, what they have uncovered. One of the reasons I began this podcast was to connect relationally with others with artists, with creatives, with humans, with fellow travelers on this journey. And as an artist created myself, sometimes the hours we spend alone creating can leave us longing to connect. Connection points here on the podcast have been a true gift. I love these words from one of my favorite writers, A.A. Milne. Milne writes, You can't stay in your corner of the forest waiting for others to come to you. You have to go to them sometimes. We'd love to help other people find us here at Peabody's. In the world of podcasting, one of the ways we become more visible is by way of starred reviews on iTunes. Would you consider giving us a New Year's gift? Would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Thank you in advance for that. It means you are giving us the gift of your time and your words, both of which have value and for which we are grateful. We have just hit the 1,000 listen mark. Gosh, wow, oh my, that means the world to us as we are a new podcast, still finding our way through the world of podcasting. To us, that translates to this, 1,000 times a person, a soul, a human decided to carve time out of their day to pop their earbuds in or tune in and listen somewhere, some way to our podcast. This is episode two, season two, and I'm your host, Elizabeth Wynn Marshall. Thank you for joining us. My guest this week is Laurie Brownell McIntosh of Northlight Studio. Laurie is a talented visual artist. She has a long and accomplished bio, which tells of a woman devoted to her art for over 30 years. Among her accomplishments and honors is her tenure on the board of the South Carolina Governor's School for the Arts Foundation, where she served as communications and marketing chair. Laurie has participated in countless shows and exhibitions and has attended the prestigious Penland School of Crafts, where she studied with Pinckney Herbert and Holly Roberts, as well as Roberto Juarez. Laurie recently wrote this about being an artist. I find something that intrigues me, something I want to explore, and then I research and pursue that avenue until I have exhausted my curiosity, and then I move on. The medium I use is the one that solves the problem presented before me. 
Laurie writes, I am not interested in rendering lifelike images. I am trying to express ideas and stories through mark making, color, shape, and texture. We talked to Laurie Brunel McIntosh about her art, her restoration of a historic home in South Carolina, and her recent trip to explore the natural beauty and wildlife of Africa. Listen in now as I chat with artist Laurie Brunel McIntosh. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining me. Well, it's 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 great to be here, and I, I hope that uh, that we accomplish something today. <laughs> well, I feel certain we will. Um, um, I want to start out with this um, particular quote from A. A. Milne that I chose um, because I associate this quote with you. Last week, Michelle DeRussia was my guest, and um, she was in Lincoln, Nebraska, where it was 12 degrees, and so I issued the invitation to Michelle, let's just virtual beach walk and chat during the podcast. So in our imaginations, we were walking down the beach, and I thought it would be fun to share with you this quote. When you see someone putting on his big boots, you can be pretty sure an adventure is going to happen. And so to you, I say, let's put on our virtual boots and go on an adventure because I think of you as my adventure friend. Well, thank you. That's a high honor. <laughs> so let's, let's put on our big boots and um, just walk it, walk this out. I have so much I want to talk to you about. Um, and so I just want to start with this. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your work as a visual artist and what recent projects have challenged you and inspired you creatively. And if you would, can you share a recent project that has brought you immense joy and really found you eager to set your feet to the floor of your beautiful old home or your fantastic art studio? Well, um, you're, you're sweet to ask. Um, I am a visual artist. I, um, I tend to, um, I, don't, I don't really work like other artists. I work in long series, bodies of work. Um, I don't really have a general style. Um, I don't necessarily stick to a medium. I'm usually challenged by a thought or an idea of which then I just execute or can't really get on with my life until it's executed. I've done some, it usually takes me a year to two to even three years to execute these. Mm. Um, I recently finished um, up on a series I, it's funny it's just one day it seems to be finished because actually I move on to something else but um, I've spent the last couple of years working on a series um, or body work called um, environmental abstractions where I would, would um, take do large drawings of places I loved or wherever I happened to be at the time and then I would deconstruct them put them back together um, to give them a different visual um, meaning to me. So these paintings hopefully would um, feel the remnants of a dream of a place. I, I did stables, I did um, I did a series. So I'll do series within a body of work. So I did one on a stables one. I did one um, pertaining to the porch um, of a river house that we spend a lot of time in. Um, I did a tackle box stuff. It's just out of a tackle box. I live with uh, boys. I have two boys and a husband who are very outdoorsy, so um, I tend to have a lot of imagery that leans that way just because my house is absolutely full of it. 
Um, and then, um, but out of this, one thing that just to tell your listeners is that we came out of this is that I asked you, and um, just to tell your people, to collaborate with me on a show. I had two solo shows last year, and one I had a little more control over. And so we did a portion of it with you and me where you wrote poetry and I painted paintings to respond to your poetry and vice versa. So that was actually a fabulous, fun um, thing that I did last year. Yeah. And that I would like to do more of. Unfortunately, <laughs> my brain is completely throwing me in a different direction right now, which will probably take up the next year or so. Um, but we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get back around to that. Well, that um, to date is one of my most challenging and satisfying projects. Um, I loved collaborating with you. It was such an honor. And um, it's some of my favorite I guess it's some, one of my favorite seasons of creativity. So thanks for mentioning that. Um, it was an honor. We had fun with that, didn't we? Well, we had a great time. <laughs> um, so shifting gears for a minute, let's pivot because you and I um, share a love for restoring old homes and filling a home with art that tells the story of our lives. So can you speak to a moment for a moment to that, to the restoration project you're undergoing. I believe you're, are we ever completely finished when we restore old homes? I think not, but you're well um, well underway and most of it is complete possibly, but um, there's that's a different creative outlet that um, I know you and I share um, a love for. Personally, I call myself complete. <laughs> I, am, um, I am done. Uh, the, the house that we found we fell in love with we, we decided to move to this beautiful little town of Camden, South Carolina out of Columbia which had gotten quite large okay I just have to tell you it, whatever you're hearing in the background is I'm in a great studio in downtown Camden speaking of this beautiful town uh, my studio is over a guitar shop which teaches <laughs> Um, all day long, which right now there is, if you can hear it, they're teaching Take Me Home Country Roads. <laughs> usually it's um, bom, bom, bom. usually it's smoke on the water. And then in any minute, the clock tower is also above. And so, you know, it's, it's going to be boinging away here at any minute. So, and the, and the logging trucks come through town. So there's lots of, there's lots of stimulation um, and there's no silence, put it that way much up here. So, which interestingly enough has a lot to do with my next series. But for the house thing, yeah, so we fell in love with this beautiful old Victorian house that the occupants were raccoons and um, and no one had lived in it for seven years, but its bones were lovely and it had so much history in it. And um, it was sort of hidden behind, it was right in the middle of town, but hidden in plain sight behind old bushes and stuff. and. Um, a family lived there so long that it's a tiny town where people actually move in and out of houses and are very familiar with all these old homes. But this one not because um, the Lanes who had lived there, who are a lovely family, had lived there so long that people had really, you know, no one had moved in and out. So the uh, literally the, the, the wallpaper was from the 30s. It had been a boarding house at one time. So we, um, I, my sweet husband, God bless him, had faith in me and I told him, I watched way too much um, HGTV and, and Joanna and Chip Gaines. 
And I convinced him and told him it would only take six months and X amount of dollars. Well, all of that was completely wrong. I mean, <laughs> way wrong. Last night he called it the money pit. It just made me sad. Um, but anyway, so we embarked on two years and an enormous amount of unknown money. But we put this old girl back together and we let her, I mean, we let her speak for herself. We did not Aww. change anything hugely. I mean, we changed some of the inside only to make it practical. Um, we did have to tear it down to the studs, but we everywhere we could, we left plaster. Um, we left the rooms pretty much the same dimensions. Like we didn't open concept and all that mess. And, um, we added a porch and we just made it ours, but from the outside, it still looks the same. And we were lucky because for some reason we were not on the, we're in an historic district, but somebody had refused to be a part of it. So we didn't have to deal with that. However, we stayed very true. Um, but we love it. We love living in this old girl. 13 different ceiling heights in this house. Um, well, I love um, 12. And then there's, um, and then there's, they just go all over. There's three different levels. It's, I can't even describe it. It's, it's, it's just some, it's, it's, it's just, it's an interesting house and we love it. We, we actually feel very at home there. And, um, we live in a little part of it. We moved over here to downsize and did a lousy job. Of <laughs> well, I can say that um, for me, that house and your studio, the one word I would I would apply to both of those is um, or a sign or the, the word that comes to my mind with both of them is magical and poetic. And, you know, I have a love for poetry. So I feel like you're, that both of those spaces that you inhabit are magical. You've done a beautiful job and um your home is filled with art and love and um attention to detail and you've done such a beautiful job i have the pleasure of having spent time there and it's just so lovely so kudos to you and duncan and it's lovely it really is um yeah so thanks for sharing that and i love picturing you in the studio with the clock tower and the the, the guitar store under you and it's also rich. It's got to be a great place to sit and create your art. Um, so, okay, now I'm going to pivot again. So we're we've got our boots on and we're we're getting ready to leave the continent. So, <laughs> um, for, for my readers, um, I, I mean my listeners, I want you all to know that this woman is uh, just such a creative genius and she loves life so much. So I I have to go where she's been. At Peabody's, we're all about pursuing the art of noticing, and we're on a journey to uncover, discover, and unwrap the beauty of the ordinary. So recently, you took a rather extraordinary trip to Africa. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this fantastic journey with your camera, with your eyes wide open to the discovery of beauty and in this exceptionally exciting place? So I've never been, and so I'm living um, vicariously through you, and I'd love for you to share a little bit about this particular trip because you've been to Africa several times, but this most recent trip, um, I would love for you to share a little bit about that. Well, we have been several times, and that was um, that was because we invested in a, a lifelong friendship when we were in our 20s. Um, we practically mortgaged the house, and, and we met a friend from Zimbabwe, and he invited us over, so we went. And, and so it was the best investment we've always said we ever made, and it was an investment in people. And, and so, yes, we've been over there um, 
I've been four. Duncan's been five. Um, Alta's in Bobby, mostly some other places, and spent a lot of time in the bush. But this time, I told Duncan that I wanted to see something besides Zimbabwe. So, and I really wanted to see the Masai Mara in um, Kenya, and wanted to do a. Uh, I just wanted to see it. Um, I, it was it's such a different place. So we went. Um, he agreed. As long as we still got to go to Zimbabwe and see our buddies and go fishing, because we we like to fish. Um, so anyway, we we went, and it was in September to catch the Great Migration. That was on my bucket list. Um, we did not see the Great Migration because the rains have been so prolific that the um, there's plenty of grass, so nothing has a reason to move. And the Great Migration is what you see. <clears throat> on ETV, like with the Serengeti Plains, where the just huge, huge, huge herds of wildebeest moving and everything. However, I wouldn't take back what we saw. We saw everything. We had a fabulous guide who was put on to us, um, who, who was recommended to us by a friend of ours who's a professional photographer out of um, out of South Africa. And we are not professional photographers. We took these little cameras over, uh, one that Benny that that a friend of ours recommended. And if, I mean, it was, they're just, we could put them in our pocket, literally almost, not that much. I mean, they looked like professional 1980s, you know, sort of lenses. Everyone else with us who are professional people from all over the world are just huge hobbyists. Their lenses were as long as our arms. <laughs> we felt kind of like idiots, but we still got the most fabulous photography because this guide was so good. He would set, he would wait. And we, we, just it, it was you got up it was intense six o'clock in the morning go 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 you cannot get out of the vehicle because there are so many lions and leopards and everything i mean i always wanted to see a lion and i probably saw in the first two days 20. i mean so that was amazing and then um we saw i would say the highlights of that part of the trip were um we came upon a giraffe that had just been born oh mm. we missed it we missed the birth but we sat for two hours and watched it take its first steps. And the first oh, this, I mean, watched, watched it. It has to get up and get going quick or something will eat it. So it's very interesting. It's very life and death on the Mara. Mm. But um, it was pretty darn fabulous. And then um, we, there's a cat that you don't see often called a serval cat. And we um, actually got a great shot of it hunting in motion in air. So there were some, I mean, I'm not a photographer, but it was very, it was very incredible to, to bring these home. I and mean, we took over 10,000 photographs of which, of course, I waded through. Nobody else would have waded through them and made a book. I did put them all in a book so one day I can go by. But the cool thing about this trip is then we went on to Zimbabwe and with some friends of ours who have a, have a camp on the Zambezi River. And the, these are the friends we've been going to see now for, oh, since we were in our 20s, 40 years. Um, and it was beautiful. It was wide on the river. We went, we, we tiger fished, which are these huge things that look like giant bass with the biggest teeth you've ever seen. And you catch and release them. And, and it's all about the weight and the size. And the last time I went, I caught one in a week. So my enthusiasm was not very high. But this time I caught a many and I caught a really big one and I was very excited. But the oh. camp we were staying in, there was, it, and even um, our friend Bill, who owns the camp, he'd never, he'd seen a lot. There's still lots of wildlife around. But at this time of year, there were these pods that were dropping that the elephants like to eat. And the elephants were in camp the whole time. I have pictures 
of waking up from a nap and they're looking in the windows. Oh, pictures of them of Duncan cooking because he has to cook everywhere he goes of cooking um, a, a fish and the elephants right in front of you and talk about being present you mm. have to be cautious because believe it or not you cannot hear an elephant mm. you can sit there and be reading and there can be an and they are very very dangerous um, so you can sit if you get in their way they don't like well at least we didn't see them rush us I know they did but, um, you know, you can be sitting there and they can walk up, you can turn around and there'll be four in camp and you, I mean, you hadn't heard them. So that was, that was pretty fabulous. And the visual, just the light in Africa is, is quite sensational. I don't know what it is. Photographers talk about magic light here of early morning and early afternoon. It's sort of magic light over there all the time. I don't know exactly what the scientific reason is for that, mm. but it's extraordinary. Except it's brutally hot in the middle of the day. Um, but cold, interesting cold in the morning. So it's it's kind of a neat temperature. Well, I find myself these days being an armchair traveler. So you just took me on a great adventure. I'm so grateful. And I've seen your book, your um, beautiful collection, how you winnowed down, was it 10,000 photographs you took? How you winnowed yeah, that down? Yeah. To the beautiful book that you put together. What a gift that was for you to share that with me recently. Um, exquisite. Um photography so you are a photographer you have so many gifts um so i would say photography is one of your gifts as well but yeah thank you for taking me on that trip i i, I was sort of um daydreaming while you were talking and i felt like i was right there with you so thank you for that um yeah all right so here we go i have to pivot again all these um pivots we're going to go down a different path now because um, I have to give you um, an opportunity selfishly to talk about one of my favorite projects that you've ever undertaken, and that is all the in-between, my story of Agnes. And you and I share something that um, is a bond with us that we both lost our mothers, which is terribly difficult. Um, and um, it's hard to lose a parent. It's particularly hard to lose a mother. And so um, can you speak a little bit to this beautiful, it's fascinating to me, this work of 77 panels that tells the story of your mother's life? Well, um, yeah, so that was in 2011, my mom um, passed away. Now, my mom would be 104 this year, hmm. and she would not want to be on this planet, trust me, but at this point. But um Anyway, she, she died at 96, and she had a remarkable life. Um, at this point in my art career, or my art journey, I don't know if it was a career, um, I had was feeling like I wanted to do a narrative series that involved more than one canvas. And I was thinking of Winston Churchill, or I don't know, I don't know, I was just trying to think. In the meantime, I had mom here, and she was, she was, she was, brilliant she really was brilliant she she was born in 1915 she um she went to duke and got uh to get her master's in chemistry in a time when women couldn't do that she also was a beautiful watercolor artist and um she also scared the hell out of all of us um so we always had a very interesting relationship as everybody does with their mothers um as she got older and and really in the end of her life she got very kind and sweet and she always was but she was just she was a no-nonsense mm -hmm. pretty much and um but anyway as I watched her in her last few days um and I sat with her and she at this point she she was pretty unresponsive mm -hmm. it dawned on me that she was my story mm -hmm. that I 
that I had to tell. And it wasn't for the reason I wanted to tell my mom's story. In fact, for a long time, as I was working on this thing for a long time, it, it, it wound up being 77 canvases that can interlock or not. Right now it hangs at a, in a hospital in Columbia. Um, and it's, it takes up a, a, you know, a zillion foot wall. It, it goes on forever because it has to hang contiguously. But anyway, um, so, so I told, I decided to tell mom's story for the reason that I had, I had a, I had a mission I wanted to say, or mission I had a, a is that be with your people. And so the, the, this came about because I, my mom, I'm a very old egg. She had me at 45. Um, and so I was the last egg out of the chute. I've got older brothers and sisters and everything. I actually call this book my story of Agnes because everybody, all my other siblings have a different story of her. But um, anyway, I had um, I, I had lost my dad and both my in-laws, some of them to this dementia thing, some to can't, you know, just not, nobody went down easy. And so I kept thinking, I'm not getting something here. I'm not getting something here. You know, I would go to visit and I would think they don't even remember I'm here. And we had family members that would say, oh, they don't, I'm not driving down to see them because they don't remember we're here. And I kept thinking it does matter. It does matter. Why does it matter? And um, so it dawned on me when I was in the last days of mom, maybe in the last year of mom, that you're there because it's a circle of life and you're there for the same reason you comfort a baby that baby doesn't know you're coming that baby doesn't know you you've left but they're very present when you're there and there's there's joy even even i mean alzheimer's such a horrible dementia horrible all of these things but there's a presence there and you need to be and so whatever physiologically happens when a loved one is with you whatever it is but it it matters so i'm, I'm not I have a friend of mine who said, you're trying to make me feel guilty. I'm not. I just, it took me a long time to get this lesson. And that lesson was so important that it's, that, that it does matter when you're there. So I did this by telling my mom's story and I wrote a book about it too. And Elizabeth can tell you where to find it or whatever, if you're interested. But um, I did it from her because her life was so interesting and it was great. It's, it's traveled around, um, it's been five or six places. And, and the way it touches people, I, I mean, I have a very dear artist friend of mine who I respect a lot. He says, this might be the one reason you were put on earth to do this. Mm. And because it's, it, it does speak. And I mean, it has people in tears. And I've stood with this exhibit for years now. And, and it's, it's, it's not, they don't care about my mom's story. They, they, they like almost want to. You know, I didn't tell people for a long time it was my mom because it brought the wrong thing into the room. People would go, I'm sorry about your mother. And I went, that ain't my message. Right. That is not my message. Um, and so anyway, I would stand with people at the end or after they had read the whole thing. Some, I mean, gone through the whole thing. Some people went backwards. Some people did the Benjamin button thing, so it didn't matter. But um, And they would be in tears about their people. It, that's the whole thing about art to me is you, it's pulling out your stories and I mean, it, it's just the funny, I heard the funniest stories. I laughed and laughed. These would bring, because I had so many stories in there about when we were kids and, you know, we'd be driving down the road and we were hungry and my mother would just tell us to swallow our spit and be quiet and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So there's a lot of that in there because I, I found much humor in my mother's sternness. Mm. Um, so that's that story and it does, it means the world to me. And, and um, and I'm always looking for, and that's what I mean when I work in, and I get these, 
it's corny as it sounds, I get these callings that just you have to do this. And no matter how much I say no, it it still comes into play. Um, so I, it's I have to, and that's why I work in these long, I mean, it's like we've talked about before. I sometimes I, I'm, I'm envious of writers who work and can write a book and then write another book, whereas artists seem to be expected or maybe it's the gallery or the market, which that's a whole nother uh, uh, um, podcast. But anyway, you know, it's, it's, I, I cannot, I'm not the expected artist. I, I just have to do it my way. And, and it's, it's just befuddles most people. <laughs> well, it, you're, you're, um, you know, I love your art. I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big fan of your art. It speaks so powerfully. But I do want to say just for a moment about my experience briefly of seeing the exhibition of my story of Agnes. Um, and it was years ago. I'm trying to think what year it would have been. The Darla Moore exhibition when I saw it at um, uh, Art Films. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but I had a visceral response, so I can understand um, how powerful that would be for you to sit and watch um, folks walk by the exhibition, to stand with, it's greater than life size. Um, the panels are, do you know they, the dimension? Yeah, the, 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 all like at Art Fields where it was all hooked together, it's, it's um, 60 feet long by 6 feet high powerful it's so powerful to stand and watch literally from birth to death the story of an amazing woman in in 77 panels and each panel is a beautiful um rendered work of, of art from your heart and i love all the in between because um all the life that's that's um captured on the panels um, as you walk through. Um, I'm so glad it's hanging in a hospital because I would imagine it would be therapeutic um, and really um, be powerful for people that are um, at Richland. Isn't it, is it Richland Memorial Hospital? No, it's at, well, no, um, well, it's, it's at Park Ridge Park Hospital. Okay. Kind of the, it's on the north end of Columbia, out in Irmo, that area. It's a new hospital. Well, I'm glad it's where it can be exposed to people all the time because it's certainly a powerful, a powerful exhibition, a powerful. What do you call that one piece of your project? But what is your artist name for that piece of, of work? <laughs> I'm glad it's where people can can um, be exposed to it because it's beautiful and powerful. And um, how will we ever? Um, stop pivoting through through our <laughs> adventure here um i don't want to let you go so I, here's what i'll say can you come back and maybe after you finish the project you're working on now you can come back and and talk to us about it from another perspective um because i'm so excited to know about that and um i guess it's under wraps until it's complete but um I guess, can you leave us with one, there's one thing I do want to ask you about because I find it so fascinating, um, the range um, of projects you undertake. Um, can you speak just a moment um, before I let you go? Because I know you are in your studio and you want to get back to work, but just a little bit about the Art Bus project you are a part of. Uh, this is the project that'll make me laugh forever. So last year I was commissioned to do um, uh, to design one of the transit buses in Columbia, and it was it's called the Comet Art Bus. Um, so, I, what I did is I did in my 
I'm very line driven with my work and it comes, I have a, a graphic design background and illustration background um, as well. And so I did iconic things that meant a lot to me in Columbia. I lived there 40 years. So um, it has, it's it just, it, the whole thing, I've just, I've painted nine foot paintings, which then were shot and then vehicle wrapped. And, um, but it is, um, it, it just makes me laugh. It is, it is a blast of color. Interestingly enough, I did it in muted colors, but they pumped them all up because apparently eventually it's up for five years. So they pay, I think about five years they pay. But um, it's really fun to go over to Columbia every once in a while and plunk down my dollar and go ride around on the inside of my art. Um, <laughs> it's very entertaining. And every time I pass it, I just die laughing. It just, it's just joy. I mean, it's, it, if, if that was the end of my painting stuff, I probably would be delighted. Unfortunately, my brain is just cracking on me to get this another project underway, which I've been trying to avoid, but I can't do it. So I'm going to have to walk right through it. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> well, I, I hate to um, say goodbye. It's hard for me to say goodbye and take my boots off. And uh, But this adventure has been fun for me. And I, um, what I will do is put in the show notes um, where listeners can find all the in-between my story of Agnes because it is available on Amazon. And can you tell us just briefly some other places, um, maybe just your website and of course, I follow you on Instagram. Others might like to do that as well. So can you tell us where to find you? Um, I can. I am. Um, my website is lauriemacintoshart.com. I promise to update it soon. Um, and then Instagram, I'm northlightstudio803 to follow my art. Um, and I will put that in the show notes and your work is also in several galleries and um, that, if, that'll be on the website you can find all that stuff out on the website okay because I'm sure people will want to want to do that as well but okay my friend you're in the studio and I'm going to release you back to your, your world there and I thank you for taking time to come on the podcast it's been such a joy and such a gift to have you and um, I can't wait to follow your your new project and have you back on again do you promise you'll come back i promise i'll come back and thanks for having me this is <laughs> okay well um thank you for um giving us a little glimpse into your studio life above the guitar um the guitar shop uh, what fun is that and thank you for taking us to africa and sharing a little bit about your mother's extraordinary life and this has been such a rich and um, fun adventure for me. So thanks for coming on. Thanks, Elizabeth. Laurie. Bye bye. Thank you for joining me today. You've been listening to episode two of season two. We hope that you will subscribe to Peabody's on your favorite podcast listening platform. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, and most everywhere podcasts are heard. We hope to see you back here next Wednesday for a new episode and to have you return every Wednesday as we cheer you on and encourage you as you and I pursue the art of noticing more of the beauty awe and wonder, the gifts we unwrap, the gifts we discover, the gifts we uncover in our everyday lives. 
Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Peabody's Podcast. We'll be making lots of exciting announcements there, ones you won't want to miss, about our new mailing list, our new Peabody's merchandise, and our brand new website with all things Peabody's Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Wynn Marshall, and as always, thank you for listening.